Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut, welcomes you to this edition of Shi'ar Jeshub. Let's join Pastor Greg Scalzo as he continues the Heavenly Authority series. We are looking at the ministry office of administrations, a pastor, elder, overseer, or bishop, an office that obviously, and we'll see it hopefully today, is connected to the local, the local church. And we've been going through the criteria. Uh, if you remember, we were in 1 Timothy chapter 3. Let me reread verses 1 to 6. Uh, this is a faithful saying. If a man desires a position of a bishop and overseer, he desires a good work. A bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, temperate, sober-minded, of good behavior, hospitable, able to teach, not given to wine, not violent, not greedy for money, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not covetous, one who rules his own house well, having his children in submission with all reverence. For if a man does not know how to rule his own house, how will he take care of the church of God? Not a novice, lest being puffed up with pride, he fall into the same condemnation as the devil. Into the same condemnation, under the same judgment as the devil. And we left off with that last time. Obviously, speaking about pride here, and I gave several examples how um, it's so important that the person placed in this position of authority not be a neophyte, uh, not be a novice, not be a recent convert to Christianity. And it's really not so much about physical age, chronological age, as it is about age in the Lord, newly converted. He mentions here, Paul mentions that he become puffed up with pride and fall under the same condemnation as a devil. If you look at uh, Ezekiel chapter 28, we have glimpses of what happened to the devil in two prophecies. One is in Ezekiel and one is in Isaiah. And it's interesting because really the prophet is prophesying in the first one here in Ezekiel that I'm going to read about Tyre. It's a proclamation against Tyre and against the king of Tyre. And from that, we get the, the spirit moves the prophet, and we get a revelation to the pride that entered into Satan's heart. And obviously, Satan sets himself above some of these kingdoms. And he was set himself above this kingdom of Tyre, moving the people, moving the kingdom. And the second one we'll read is in Isaiah, where he uh, moves Babylon. But let's look at Ezekiel chapter 28 first. Ezekiel 28, 12. Son of man, take up a lamentation for the king of Tyre and say to him, thus says the Lord God, you were the seal of perfection, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. And then down to verse 13, the workmanship of your timbrels and pipes was prepared for you on the day you were created. You were the anointed cherub who covers. I established you. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked back and forth in the midst of fiery stones. 
You were perfect in your ways from the day you were created till iniquity was found in you. By the abundance of your trading, you became filled with violence within, and you sinned. Therefore, I cast you as a profane thing out of the mountain of God, and I destroyed you, O covering cherub, from the midst of the fiery stones. Your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. You corrupted your wisdom for the sake of your splendor. I cast you to the ground. I laid you before kings that they might gaze at you. So in talking about this prideful nation and speaking about this prideful king, the prophet goes to the king over the king, the real king of Tyre, Satan. And we have uh, this imagery of one that was a cherub full of wisdom, perfect in beauty, one with music, uh, one that was an anointed cherub, and then sin is found in him because his heart is lifted up because of his beauty. And then the judgment, he's cast out. Lifted up, over prideful because of his position. Uh, in Isaiah chapter 14, now as a prophecy to Babylon and a proclamation against the king of Babylon in Isaiah chapter 14 and verse 12, and it goes on to speak of Satan. I also believe the Antichrist. We mentioned the Antichrist before because obviously the Antichrist gets possessed by Satan. How you have fallen from the heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground, you who weakened the nations. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farthest sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. Yet you shall be brought down. You shall be brought down to Sheol, to the lowest depths of the pit. And there again you have the judgment. He sees himself wanting to be lifted up above God, and God brings him down and casts judgment upon him. Oh, how you have fallen. And from both those scriptures, we see the uh, danger of authority because he's given, obviously, a position of authority, the devil. He's given a position in the garden of being a cherub, a, a guardian cherub. And he's given attributes. He's given abilities. He has beauty. He has wisdom. He has talent. And that all comes together in his heart to make him prideful about his position, about his wisdom, about his beauty, and he falls under judgment. Well, that's the danger of leadership positions in the church. Ability is given, talent is given, gifts of the Holy Spirit are given. And there's always that danger of the person becoming puffed up in pride and thinking more of themselves than they should. And especially if the person is a novice, is a neophyte, because they haven't learned some of the lessons of being a believer yet, and the attention they can get from the position can lead them into that uh, same temptation and into the same judgment as the enemy. Then in verse 7 of 1 Timothy chapter 3, he goes on to give another criteria. Moreover, 1 Timothy chapter 3 verse 7, Moreover, he, the bishop, the overseer, must have a good testimony among those who are outside, lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. In 
Verse 6, he's talking about the condemnation of the devil, having the same pride as the devil. Here he's saying that the overseer must have a good testimony among those who are outside, lest he fall into reproach and the snare, the trap of the devil. Now, that good testimony there is uh, translated good reputation in the NIV. Uh, the word there, I have it on the board, is maturia. And you know the word martyr comes off of that. We should know by now uh, that word means witness, testimony, report. A good witness, a good testimony, a good report among those who are outside the church. Uh, the word for outside means externally, without, out of the church. So you're talking primarily about unbelievers, right? Those that are not in the church. A good witness, a good report, a good testimony among those on the outside. A lot of these have to do with the things on the inside. But it's important he has a good reputation, a good testimony among those on the outside. And we see one of the key reasons here for the criteria in verses 1 to 6 above. Because he says, lest he fall into reproach or disgrace or the devil's trap. All these things up above, blameless, husband of one wife, temperate, sober-minded, of good behavior, hospitable, able to teach, not given to wine, not violent, etc., etc., helps the overseers, the elders, have a good reputation, not just inside the church, but outside the church, without. Well, why is that important? The devil lays a snare, lays a trap for the leadership of the church. That's what he says here, lest, lest he fall into the snare of the devil. Why does the devil lay a trap for the leadership? It's the same reason that in a battle, uh, years ago many times you had, the, you had the troops, and they would aim for the general on horseback, because if you can hit the general, if you can hit the leader, Right? If he goes down, the rest of the army gets very confused, there's chaos, there's no organization, there's no leadership, and you have a better chance of winning. And the devil knows that. If he can aim at all the leadership positions in the church and bring them down, there's a, there's a much greater success in bringing down the spreading of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So there's always this trap out there for those in leadership to try to catch them. And part of not being caught is having a good witness among those outside. And it's extremely important. It's important to draw them to Christ rather than push them away by shame, by disgrace. If shameful things happen, things that people in the world even don't want to see happen, right? Uh, this greed, this quarrelsomeness, this covetousness, this violence, Right? even the people of the world don't look uh, well upon those things normally, then if that's in the leadership, if the devil sets a snare, a trap, to bring those in the leadership under reproach, being not sober, he can bring down the whole church. And it's extremely important to be able to draw people to Christ rather than push them away in disgrace and shame for them to have a good witness among those who are outside the church. Matter of fact, it's really important for all believers, right? In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, 
Paul writes in verse 11, that you also aspire to lead a quiet life, to mind your own business, and to work with your hands as we commanded you, that you may walk properly toward those who are outside and that you lack nothing. If you mind your own business, you do your work, you live a quiet life, you're not someone that's contentious, always making trouble, you uh, act properly toward those outside and that you may lack nothing. It's important for every believer. He's not just writing to leaders in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. In Colossians chapter 4, verse 5, he says to all believers in Colossians 4, 5, walk in wisdom toward those, toward those who are outside, redeeming the time. We ought to walk in wisdom to the people that are in the world, to the unbelievers, the people outside. This is a call for all Christians. So how much more then, how much more the directors of the church? On our website at shiarjeshub.org, you will find information about our church and a library of hundreds of Bible study radio programs to help you in your walk with Jesus. We live stream the Sunday morning service at 10.30 a.m. on YouTube, and then the video is posted up on the Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle channel, both on YouTube and Rumble.com, as well as on the church website itself, Shi'ar Jeshub. Org, and you can check Isaiah 7, verse 3 for the spelling.